Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. I'm Gal. And I'm Alan. We're reviewing two horror classics, 1973's The Exorcist and 1980's The Shining. Two movies that have really defined the horror genre and scared the shit out of us. That's fair. And stay tuned, because at the end, we're both going to reveal what our personal favorite horror movies are. Maybe it's one of those, maybe it's not. So you'll have to see. So, okay, so let's move on to news, first of all. Uh, let's start with the M- uh, Mission Impossible 7 trailer, part one, just dropped. God, what did you think? Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, part one. Where I refuse to call it that. We like to make fun of the title a little bit, but I will not make fun of that trailer, because it looks fucking awesome. I'm so excited for this movie. And it's torturing me that they released this amazing trailer 14 months before the movie comes out in July 2023. They delayed I mean, it so many times. I mean, it makes sense because this weekend uh, Top Gun is opening. Uh, and that's exactly the same crowd that would go to see Mission Impossible 7. No, absolutely. But it's just pain the pain of thinking that it's so far away. Yeah, no, I get you. It's um, more from a marketing perspective. I'll give it that. I'm not a, as big as, I'm, uh, as an MI f- uh, fan as you are, like clearly. As you can see from Gao's level of enthusiasm, yeah. Uh, but I do like this franchise a lot. Like I'm all, um, I've all, I've seen all of them in the theaters. I think since the fifth one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I saw five and six in theaters. Um, but yeah, great, uh, great movies. And uh, uh, this trailer was pretty amazing. Like it had, especially like the desert scenes. Yeah, I had a great experience watching uh, five and six in theaters. I actually watched the fifth one when I was like in London in what's considered the one of the biggest IMAX screens in the world. I've seen four, five, and six multiple times each, especially Fallout. I love Mission Impossible Fallout. If this one's even better, that would be a gift. This is one of my most anticipated of 2023. Yeah, Fallout was great. Um, I hope I don't know how they could that, but how they could do that. But I hope they bring back Henry Cavill in some way. <laughs> Another trailer that came out is She-Hulk Attorney at Law, the new Disney Plus show. It's coming out August 17th. I gotta say, I I enjoyed the trailer for the most part, but I think a lot of people agree whether or not they like the the tone. The CGI is very iffy. What do you think? It's looking a bit wonky here, especially for her. I felt like I was watching like a work in progress, like a rough cut before something that should release before the trailer is released to the public, like a test footage thing. It, it definitely looked off even when I tried to like watch it again and see like maybe it doesn't look that bad yeah. and usually I'm not a big critic of like usually I, I don't mind the CGI in Marvel movies I hope that they the fans can pull a Sonic and tell them to improve it a little bit yeah <laughs> I I think it would do the show a lot of good if they delayed yeah, it I'm only for saying that, that reason I'm only saying that because I do want this show to be good I do think besides that it looks good like the casting and the, yeah, the it would, humor it would take for me if, uh, even if it is good and people are distracted by a weird distract. ass monster the whole time cause we didn't ask for this but you still gotta deal with it your transformations are triggered by anger and fear those are like the baseline of any woman just existing oh kind of feels like if I don't transform I'm gonna die Speaking of attorneys at law in the MCU, uh, Daredevil is coming back on Disney Plus. It's not, conf- I think it's confirmed that it's like a reboot, 
but it's like a reboot slash continuation from the Daredevil series on I Netflix. I think it's a, it's a sequel series. Like not, it's not going to be season four. It's going to be season one of a new thing, like maybe a new title. Or yeah, just I had Marvel the idea to. I, I told you about the idea of calling it like Born Again, even though yeah. they already did that storyline. I feel like it would or be like, a cool series title. Or Daredevil, The Man Without Fear could be a cool title. Yeah. Or I Fun fact, I have the, uh, the Born Again like um special edition in my dorm room right now that's cool uh it's in portuguese though <laughs> uh but we call it just murdoch like logan and something yeah that'll be cool for the last couple of years i've been dreaming of this happening but one thing happened last in the last few months that made me a little bit worried this one the problem is i saw hawkeye and i saw how ridiculous wisdom fisk was in hawkeye I guess he was comics accurate in a way, but like if you compare it to the way that he acted and the way that he was in the Daredevil series, it was ridiculous. Oh, for sure. But I enjoyed that he he went out and like fought Haley Steinfeld, maybe from a logical perspective. But it was like like because it was the action scene, I guess I just like was like okay, fun. But no, but do you know what I mean? Like he looked like a weird like wilson fisk would never wear these clothes i know they i know he does in the comics but this is supposed to be i know what you mean like but it is marvel studios like, she wants to quit her job as if she works at goldman sachs exactly that's, that's that like it's super funny but like it's not that specific iteration of the character here's the thing and it's not as dark and i'm afraid that they're gonna dilute the daredevil show that we loved i do think considering like we saw Moon Knight recently, and it did get borderline gritty. Maybe they could do something in that similar tone. I think it'll be a bit different from the original show. But first, I want to see uh, Charlie Cox's appearance in Echo, because I'm pretty sure that's confirmed. Um, and yeah, like I think I think that'll sort of be ju- judging of my opinion on that. But I'm going in with an open mind. Next up. It's been seven years since uh, George Miller released Mad Max Fury Road, a movie I really love. He's dropped his trailer for his next movie called 3,000 Years of Longing. It's a fantasy, drama, surreal sort of movie of sorts with Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba as a genie. I'm beginning to wish we never met. Don't say that! This This might be the weirdest trailer I watched in a long time. Like, weirder than, like, any multiversal shenanigans that I've been watching lately. Like, for sure. This, <laughs> funny that you say multiverse, because this kind of reminded me of, like, the the vibes that everything, everywhere, all at once was giving off. I don't know, I think this could go either way, but obviously, it being George Miller, and this could have some promise. It also looks really good, like, it look it, like, cinematography looks good, and, yeah. um... Both the actors look really good in it. Like it, it seems like it's gonna be a fun ride. Uh, yeah, there's not much to say about it. I I enjoyed the trailer and I'm mm. probably gonna watch it in theaters. I'm for checking it out in theaters at least, giving it a chance because it seems something like really visionary and original. Moving on to our final little piece of news of the week, uh, Tom Blythe was cast as a young President Snow in. Well, we're talking about bad titles, aren't we? <laughs> the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, ugh, a.k.a. The Hunger Games prequel. I've actually read this book. I've read all the Hunger Games books, and I read this prequel like a year back when it came out. It's actually an interesting concept, and I think it could work okay as a movie. 
Um, basically, it's the young President Snow, and then he has to choose if he's going to be loyal to, like, the capital and become the corrupt asshole that he does become, or be a good guy, and which we know he doesn't, but, you know, I think this could be at least an interesting concept. I don't know if the movie will be great, but I am... I am somewhat a fan of the Hunger Games movies. I saw them when they came out in theaters, and it was a big thing back then. I at least love the world building that they do. So I'm curious to at least see the trailer. What do you think? Uh, yeah, you pay me curious, but like, because I was, I did watch all the movies in the in theaters with my sister. I remember, like, it was like a thing we liked doing back then. Um, even though the two later ones kind of wonky. Um, I still enjoyed them though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still a fun time in the theaters, but it was, you know, like film speaking, yeah. <laughs> kind of wonky. Second one's the best, um, and the first one is really good too. So yeah, I'm excited about it. I just <laughs> saw on IMDb that uh, the name of President Snow it's Coriolanus, Coriolanus, <laughs> which is terrible. They all have such weird names: Haymitch, Peta, um, Plutarch, Heavensby. All these God. names. Okay, let's move on to our horror special episode. Uh, we're starting with the 70s. And for the 70s, we chose The Exorcist from 1973. Neither of us have watched this one before this week. Uh, it was directed by William Fred, uh, William Friedkin. William Friedkin. William Friedkin. Starring uh, Ellen Burstein as Chris McNeil. What did you think about the movie? I had a really good time watching The Exorcist. I think maybe there's a good like 10, 20 minutes that felt really slow in the beginning. Once it gets going, I really liked it. Um, you're going to have to like name check me here, but the girl who plays the daughter is amazing. Uh, and a lot of the practical effects are really impressive for the time. For 1973 movie, uh, it's really good stuff. This is even pre-Star Wars. I thought Ellen Burstyn was incredible. I mean, I... I haven't seen her in a lot of stuff from this period of time, mostly in like newer movies that she did. But oh, it was Linda Blair. Linda Blair. So Reagan. Linda Blair is terrific as the the young girl Reagan, uh, which seems to be a common name for young girls in horror movies because that was also the girl in A Quiet Place's name. So the main three were nominated for Oscars. Apparently, Ellen Burstyn, Jason Miller, and Linda Blair, and the movie was nominated for Best Picture back in the day, which is cool because. Um, Nowadays, we don't see many horror movies getting a lot of awards attention. I think the just... last big one was probably probably Get Out. Yeah, the maybe the only one of the whole century that got Oscar attention was Get Out. Anyway, overall, I love this movie. It was so fun. Uh, you were talking about like the beginning is a bit slow. I honestly was a bit lost in the beginning as well. Uh, like I didn't know how the scenes connected, but it's actually pretty uh, pretty brilliant. How they're like basically showing like these three different like paths towards this exorcism, which is the one of the most amazing like cinematographic scenes I've ever seen, which is when the exorcist uh, gets to the house. It's the cover of the movie, like the <laughs> yeah. the poster. Uh, like that scene is fantastic in the movie. Like the light shining through the window, like it's so good, and. Um, that's the only moment when those three storylines finally converge. Uh -huh. And it's it's really cool. Like, uh, um, looks like a lot of thought went into the story and the, the visuals and all that. Uh, it is pretty gruesome and intense. I wouldn't recommend to, like, everyone. There's some, like, 
kind of gross moments involving puke and rape kind of uh like demonic rape i guess oh yeah <laughs> or for some reason it's just a little bit disturbing watching doctors try to put a little girl in like an x-ray or mri machine or whatever it was like mri machines back in the day looked really creepy for some reason uh yeah like uh it's i still hate them to this day <laughs> but they were way worse oh yeah but like no wonder the girl was so terrified of those machines this movie scared the shit out of me sometimes <laughs> yeah like um i was i was uh <laughs> I was Ellen Burst in the whole movie. Every time that she was like screaming and I was like, fuck, that's me too. I'm screaming. Fuck this bitch. Or like um, when the girl twists her head the whole way. I was like, oh shit, out loud. Yeah, it's crazy because it's all like practical effects as well. You know, there's like no CGI on that. And it's, uh, it makes it like way scarier. Amazing, amazing movie. Amazing acting. Fantastic directing. Ready to move on to the 80s? Yeah. Okay, so in the 80s, the one we chose to talk about is one that we both have watched before. My case was a long-ass time ago. Um, The Shining from 1980, specifically. Directed by the incredible Stanley Kubrick. One of the filmmaking greats. Exactly. And starring by the also-incredible Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. What did you think of the movie? Well, I've seen The Shining before. Um, Incredible movie. Uh, One of the best of the genre. One of the best horror movies I've seen. Um, We were talking about cinematography earlier. This is hands down some of the best cinematography of the 80s. Uh, Some really brilliant, like, whether it's tracking, like, with the kid with the bicycle, or... And the music, like, there's a really iconic theme in the beginning that, like, if if you play that to someone, they'll be like, that's The Shining. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like uh, like you said about like the cinematography, there are some shots that are incredibly iconic, and that like we study now, like when we're like in film classes and stuff like that, because they are there. This is like cinema royalty right here. Like this movie, this one also made me shit my pants. Yeah, when the kid uh, is going red rum, that part. The kids in these movies me. are so yeah. fucked up. Oh yeah, like. <sighs> Oh my god, like, the when they're possessed, it's, like, so bad. Another, like, lovely moment of imagery uh, is the typewriter. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Oh, that's amazing, like, that he was writing that the whole time, like, I was, <laughs> that that blew my mind, like, honestly. It's all about the, the crazy isolated writer. Uh, have you seen, like, the behind-the-scenes clip of Jack Nicholson, like, uh, getting in character in between takes? I and, like, not. jumping around, like... It looks like he's exercising almost to like get ready for the the act scene. Obviously, the act scene is iconic. Honey, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. And then, of course, here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. Uh, yeah, Jack Nicholson's fantastic in this movie. Um, one of many amazing performances. Yeah, so is Danny him. Lloyd. Danny Lloyd is Danny Torrance here. He's a kid. Like okay. a good, good kid actor. Like good on you. Yeah. One person that annoys the shit out of me, and I don't think that's her fault. I think that's just how women were were portrayed in the <laughs> 1980s. Shelley Duvall is so freaking annoying in this movie. And I'm sure you know about how many times Kubrick 
tries to get the same take. Like, I'm not sure if this is accurate, but I heard that there's one take in this movie that he tried to get 127 times. Oh my God. Which is very- Kubrick is notorious for trying to get the same take dozens of times. And like, apparently like Shelley Duvall hated him. <laughs> I mean, if someone asked me to do the same thing a hundred times, I would probably hate them too. Uh, but yeah, she does not come off great here. <laughs> also, like the ending shot of The Shining is... That's just such a haunting scene. It's not even like a like a scare. It's just a zoom into a... Not a zoom, like a fade into a close-up of a photo. And that that always gets to me because it's so mysterious. You don't know how it's like that. You want to hear something that's going to blow your mind? Sure. This is widely considered one of the best horror movies of all time, right? Mm-hmm. At that year, they gave... Uh, they nominated... Both uh, both Shelley Duvall and Stanley Kubrick in the Razzies. Shelley Duvall, okay, fine. If, Stanley if you, Kubrick, worst, dire- really? worst director. That's ridiculous. That's insane. I think even if you, the movie didn't speak to you or was too creepy for you, you gotta admit that the the directing is visionary. Like the way he chooses to shoot and edit the movie, like. I don't think anyone would argue that it's amazing, except for the Razzies at the time. But what the hell? I did not know that. <sighs> the Razzies are a joke, bro. They really are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this movie, probably one of the best horror movies that exists. Um, so yeah. Also, have you seen Doctor Sleep? I have not. I was about to mention it. I forgot okay. about it. Okay. I have um, not yet. How is it? I think it's a little bit overrated. Like, I think Ewan McGregor is a really good... as. He's a really good casting as Danny Torrance and like all the connections to The Shining are really good. But I just felt like it was really long and Rebecca Ferguson's villain I didn't like. I'm sure you'll like it because almost everyone likes it except me. The directing is really good. Mike Flanagan. I will shout him out because he's one of the best horror directors in he my really mind. Is. He did Hush and The Haunting Shows. Yeah, he did I think, like I think it's uh, at least Hunting of Hill House. Uh Haunting of Bly Manor, yeah. Midnight Mass. Recommend all the three of those shows, by the way. I loved all three of them. But yeah, Doctor Sleep is an, an okay sequel, but I think you should still watch it because as a continuation of The Shining, I think they did a good job with the with the story and the references. Probably, like you said, the best directed, like the best technically the best horror movie of all time. And it would be in my number one, but it is not my favorite. My favorite is the original Halloween. Yeah, I thought that was going to be it when you said The Shining wasn't your favorite. I mean, I get it. Halloween 1978, while not like a like a personal I'd go back and watch it favorite of mine, um, definitely, like, again, some of the best directed, John Carpenter. Um, we were talking about, like, practical effects, and another movie came to my mind that was directed by John Carpenter. It's called The Thing. It's like sci-fi horror I've thriller. never watched that. I've heard about it okay. so many times. There's some amazing practical horror in that movie. It's like... I'd compare it to like Alien in a way. Uh, so yeah, Halloween's a good pick. I think there's this genuine terror in the first one. of Just like I, a normal world yeah. and then there's stabbing. Which I think, in comparison, 
the new ones are a little cartoonish with the killings in a way. I don't know. The first, the one from 2018 was, I, f- I thought it was okay. I, did, I didn't think it was, of course, as amazing as the original one, but it yeah. did give it like a seven or a seven. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I hated Halloween Kills, but, um, but I mean like in the original, it's just like ordinary world and just a couple of killings and how scary and real that could be. In the new one, it's kind of like an action movie I get and that. all the killings are insane and you know it's fake which That's is why mean. the 2018 works better than the than kills because it is a little bit more grounded and a little bit it's still stabbings um, but you can tell when it's like yeah like for example he squashes a guy's head with a pumpkin in the 2018 one I forgot about that. not with a pumpkin <laughs> he squashes his head like a pumpkin is what i meant to say yeah not i forgot about that i want to see that in a horror movie like someone squashing a guy's head with a pumpkin <laughs> anyway, I love this movie. Jamie Lee Curtis is fantastic in this the movie. The OG Scream Queen. The OG Scream Queen. This is probably the movie that maybe shit my pants the most my entire life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like it's a really well-directed movie and uh, it's my favorite. Okay. Um, the, I'll, I'll, I'll finish with that. My favorite horror movie. I got into horror relatively late into the game compared to other genres because I guess I was always... Either I looked down on horror or I was a little scared or it just didn't, wasn't my thing. I don't know. Oh, but... I was scared. That's why it took me so long to get on it. <laughs> yeah. It took me like a solid 24 years before I could get into horror. But this movie was like the gateway into me getting into horror. So I guess I've been a little more cultured on the modern side of horror, which is why I'd like to say my favorite is Get Out. I, I, I knew it. you were going to say that. I saw it in theaters. It was like the first horror movie I saw it in theaters. And it got me to love the genre. And got me to love Jordan Peele. I mean, have you really not seen it? No, because I I keep... I don't know. I, I keep waiting for like the perfect opportunity. Like, you know, I don't know like to watch it. Like I don't know if that's ever going to come. So I, if I just <laughs> should shut up and you watch it. You should just watch it. <laughs> as an American movie buff, I feel like you can't get away with that in America. As... Like anywhere else, you probably can. But but I love Get Out. It's also funny, and the imagery is really good. I feel like Jordan Peele almost invented a new hybrid genre of like social horror thriller, and then like a runner-up would be Hereditary, which was the most stressful two hours of my life when I saw it in theaters. There are some images in Hereditary that are so disturbing and gruesome that I'm still scared to rewatch this movie because of it. And then one more film I will shout out is uh, 1996's Scream, the original. Oh, which... are you scared the shit out of me. When you said 1996, I thought you were referring to that shit Netflix horror movie that came out last year. Remember that had the three parts? Oh, like... Fear Street 1996 yeah. or something? Yeah, and I was like, no, no, dude, come on. You're better than that. No, I did not like any of those, actually. I think... We saw like the first one together. I honestly hated that whole trilogy, but no, no, no way. No, I mean the original Scream. Also, very late to the game with it, but I really liked it. It was oh, also has some brilliant moments. I forgot about this. We should have mentioned yeah. this before. Scream 5, did you watch that? I haven't watched it yeah, yet. Yeah, I, I rented it. I didn't watch it in theaters, but I did watch it. To be honest, I saw all of them to prep for the new one. In my opinion, the only ones that you really need to watch are 1 and 5. Like the new one is good then. Yeah. Okay. New one I actually really liked. Maybe even more than Halloween twenty eighteen. Um two is fun, three and four suck. And yeah, that's that's my take. 
this was a really fun episode. Uh, we're gonna do more genre di- deep dives uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, it was great talking about two um, horror masterpieces and uh, Alan's favorite horror movie, Halloween 1978, and mine, Get Out. Yes. Uh, two very different kinds of horror and different eras, but yeah. both very impactful. Exactly. I would agree with that. It was really fun to finally explore horror in depth on our podcast. And um, we'll be coming back soon uh, as the summer enters and some very exciting movies come. I hope that you'll watch them too and follow along with us. If not, just tune in for some hopefully awesome recommendations. I'm Gaul. And I'm Alan. And we'll see you again soon on Film Fanatics. Thank you.